0: Hi, welcome to SHIFT, PwC Canada's podcast series. And we're digging into key digital trends and topics that can make your business transformation a reality. I'm your host, John Finkelstein, and I'm also the Creative Director of PwC Canada. Today we're going to talk about digital transformation, uh, specifically as it pertains to Salesforce. And one of the things we thought would be really interesting for our viewers and listeners is to hear about how we ourselves have undergone a digital transformation, what we've learned from it, and how we're applying that not only to ourselves, but how we're taking that to our clients and making sure that they're successful based on our own experience. Today, we have some great guests for you. Maybe just take a second um, for uh, the people watching or listening, uh, who you are and what you do.
1: Sure. My name is Jimmy Bremner, and I work for Salesforce. Uh, Closely with Christine, we are both on the global Salesforce team responsible for rolling out uh, Salesforce's sales cloud or CRM solution to PwC globally. So my role in particular, I'm on the customer success side in a team called innovation and transformation. So my job is to help make sure that as we're doing this, we're not just trying to replace technology or look for similar ways to Uh, replicate what was already there, but that we're thinking about new ways of working and and truly transforming how we do business. So obviously, um, in in that capacity, work closely with Christine, who has similar accountability.
2: Yes, so hi, Christine Robertson, and I have two roles. So I'm a director of marketing and sales here in Canada. So we've been going through a transformation of our marketing and sales function, and a big part of that was digital transformation. And I'm also the engagement director on the global project working with Jimmy, and that's where it's really, you know, basically quarterback of the program, working closely with our work stream leads to deploy Salesforce internally here at PwC.
0: Let's talk about what makes a successful transformation. Who wants to who wants to start?
2: There are a couple different factors I think leads to a successful transformation. I think starting off, you know, you need to have the vision of what are we trying to accomplish and what's our business strategy, and then following that, really looking at um, where are we trying to get the most value. And you know, once you've got that, you know, before we just sort of roll out, you know, the digital platforms, it's really understanding um, who are the different people that are going to be interacting with the platform in order to get the value that you're looking for to realize that business strategy So,
1: uh, do people fight over who gets to do the vision a lot of times it's because people forget to do the vision that you fail and i think that's so there's definitely fighting about it sometimes but the most important part is not to forget it
0: not to forget the vision okay so in our own case with pwc who set the vision for our own salesforce transformation
2: well it's part of a a broader uh, global leadership vision of you know being a technology-enabled firm, Mm -hmm. and where are we looking to get to, you know, for 2020. So we've got Vision 2020, and a key part of that is changing how we engage in the market, which is uh, both, you know, our clients' experience, but also um, empowering our people to really bring the power of the firm to supporting our clients and solving their problems. So that's the pillar that that Salesforce is supporting, but it's part of that broader strategy that that leadership defined.
0: So when we decided to go with uh, Salesforce, what gap did we see? Where do we see we want to go from here to here?
2: Well, I, I think you get know, one of the complexities here at PwC that we've got, you know, we're a 157 member firm. And so we're really, we're really actually transforming from very different places all over and haven't had a, a globally sort of, you know, visible uh, place around our clients and our opportunities and being able to share and collaborate really easily. We, so that was really the goal is how do we better support um, and align across the different Firms in in the globe. So that was really the gap that was that was missing. So some territories had something, some didn't. Uh, We've all been doing things different different ways. So that's why this is a a really big transformation for us.
0: Okay. So starting with a vision.
2: Yes.
1: That's key, right? And it ties to not just having a vision, but approaching a project with a vision. And I think what I was uh, having joined partially mid-flight in this project. What I thought was very well done by the leadership of the team and, and buy-in from all the different territories was let's not try and drive a... There's a top-down strategy as it relates to you know, the 2020 vision, but as it relates to how we're going to use Salesforce, we need to follow principles that are you know, just as hot and interesting as transformation around you know, design thinking, user-led experience design. So instead of pretending that we know all the answers we spent time going around the globe, meeting with leaders in different territories, different organizations, many different times, got insights for how do you work today? What's not what's going well? What's not going well? How do we elevate the game uh, around client relationships around managing pipeline more intelligently and all, all of that. And once we had those insights, then we were able to craft a true kind of value proposition statement that wasn't one that was driven from, you know, a siloed organization or from the IT or from, you know, the the global leadership. It was from all of the people that need to, A, want to make, you know, be better at their jobs, want to help grow the firm, and then also are responsible for delivering that. So I think that was really a powerful way to recognize and start and lead with a vision that came from the people that need to use this.
2: That's why most, you know, cause we're really, as Jimmy outlined before, we're really, we're implementing what I call sort of the classic customer relationship management capabilities around, uh, opportunities, contacts, uh, clients, and, you know, again, driving that collaboration and most implementations. Fail around those around those elements because it is it's someone you know in in an operations role or a leadership role or something that's looking to get certain insights and then they push that out to everybody and then your people that you need to be actually be contributing and providing that information and that value don't see any value in it for themselves so they don't they don't adopt and so the the key was really um, engaging with people in those key roles across the globe so we didn't just have one uh, sort of regional perspective get their input and our whole adoption strategy is really based on those priority roles. Uh, How are we going to help you be better in your job and create those stronger relationships? And uh, so it's all role-based day in the life uh, focused to to drive that value.
0: Yeah, that's really important actually because um, I've seen a lot of that stuff, especially in in digital where you don't design for the people using it. You know, as you say, it's human centered design Mm -hmm. and you know it's amazing what happens when technology drives the experience, as opposed to the experience driving what the technology should do. So you talked a little bit about user adoption, and that if you don't design for people, people first, understanding their needs, understanding what what the goals are, what they're doing now, what they what would be better in their life, in their work, um, things fail, and that's a huge problem for everybody. It's bad for the organization. It looks terrible on the P&L. You spend all this money doing something and nobody used it. And somewhere in a, in, a, in a corner, someone's going to go, I told you so. It was a bad idea. But actually, it wasn't. It was a good idea, just not executed properly. Maybe you guys could spend a, a moment talking about how to, um, how to increase adoption and what you've seen from our own internal um, transformation with Salesforce at PwC.
2: Well, I think it's, you know, we've got sort of a combined approach around it. So uh, one is, again, focusing on like listening to the end users and, and uh, creating all of the the training and prioritizing what we're, what we're doing based on what they've told us. And then uh, it's so making sure that it's, again, role-based, um, day in the life, what's meaningful for them. So it's not a one size fits all. So it's great technology, but it's the way that we roll it out. It's the way we communicate and uh, what we're looking to get out of it. Uh, The second part is making sure that we're measuring that adoption and looking for for the insights as we go through the journey. Um, So that's been key for us. This is really a long journey uh, where we're looking for who needs support, where is it working well, where isn't it, where do we need to tailor things uh, ongoing, and making sure that that support and training is fun and interactive and different. And uh, so we had an idea around leveraging the escape room concept. So, cause it's something that's fun and we had used it in other projects with, with clients here in Canada and had amazing feedback. So it just really challenged us to say, how can we use this for our internal rollout?
0: So we have, we, we use the escape room concept, which if you don't know is what?
2: So escape room, for those who haven't ever had the uh, opportunity to be locked in a room and uh, you have a series of clues to solve a puzzle basically. And once you solve it, then you get the you know the way to get out of the room and you're done. And so we uh, wanted to be able to leverage that where you've got a series of clues, you perform certain tasks using uh, Salesforce and give them sort of the overview where they're using the platform, they can see how they're working together differently.
1: They have to do things like chatter is is it social feed within Salesforce where you communicate back and forth, just like you would on other social channels like Facebook or Twitter or whatever. But now you're doing it inside your company. And in the escape room, there's someone outside of the room who's facilitating your experience and you have to talk back and forth with them and get the next clue or find the next thing. And you're, you're learning how to, while you're having fun and going through this and, and obviously, and when we do it, we typically have more than one running. So people are feeling competitive and they want to win. So they're going through this quickly. And then, um, their, their communication externally with, with this third party, they're learning all of a sudden, how do I navigate this tool? H- how do I find an opportunity? What are reports going to look like? What are dashboards going to look like? I think one of the most successful aspects of the escape room isn't that people walk out and say, hey, that's the best training I've ever had, or it was really interesting and different. they then But the outcome is, and they did learn that, it was great training, but then they go tell everyone else. And and now we get requests from around the globe again. Hey, can you can we run an escape room in this territory in that territory?
2: So now our challenge is how do we scale it out? I like you know, to say, you yeah,
0: know, as, as creative I director, I like to say, you know, you just can't bore people into interacting, or you can't bore people into buying something. It's like you have to figure out ways either to
2: gamify or to make it interesting, make it relevant. Exactly, and we're definitely looking at all those elements too, because people like to learn in different ways. So, you know, making sure that we are building in. The uh, gamification is coming as well, again, to help us with driving long-term and making it fun, you know, because it's really, it's a movement that we're, that we're creating here. But the escape room has been a really fun, really successful part of it.
0: Hey, what is the biggest surprise? I, I didn't expect that, or that's not how I thought it was going to work.
2: I think one of our surprises here in Canada has been that, you know, we've rolled it out, but we still, you know, we've, we've got, as I said, good in, initial engagement, but we still have pockets of people that... I don't think are really, you know, living within the platform to get the insights, you know, that they're looking for ahead of meetings. And right away, you know, I'm on the app putting, you know, putting my notes back in and using the chatter. So we're, we're now looking at those groups and saying, you know, some of this is, you know, broad across digital where we need to give them some additional support on on trying it out, right. Like getting in there and leveraging it and trying it out. So whether that's, uh, through an escape room or through like direct support from, from someone who can help them in building the dashboards that they need and getting the insights so that they have value to go to do that, you know, to change those daily habits and really looking at, you know, collaboration, using mobile. like These are some of the things that we need to get some some pockets of our people more comfortable with across multiple tools. I think it's
0: important for organizations when they're considering transformations to think about, and this is something you mentioned earlier, it's not a one-shot, ta-da, good luck. You need to be thinking about feeding the fire, right? The transformation and and getting the thing up and running is just simply – The sparks and the kindling, if you will, and you need to continually feed the fire to motivate people, to incentivize them, to make it fun, and to make it worth their while. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because the more people do it, the more they enjoy it, the more they talk about it, the more they get rewarded. Yeah, no doubt. So in other words, I think, people ought not to fear transformations, right? Which is probably the adoption thing, 80% die, right? because no one wants to use it, they go into it thinking, oh my God, it's going to change. Fear! You know, I don't like things to change. But when they realize how much better it is, and when you go in into it with, um, I guess with optimism in a way, or with a spirit, a spirit of fun, a spirit of um, this is going to be great, um, it really sets the tone for what it's going to be, as opposed to going in there and making feel, people feel like you know, they're under a microscope, or you know, they should fear it because it, it's, it's yeah, kind of we're
1: cramming yeah. something down their throats. Yeah. So this is...
2: Absolutely. It's definitely, it's focused on, you know, we're going to make an impact, right? So it's that, that excitement, that positivity, um, helping us, you know, stay focused on what our goal is. It's okay to fail. We're going to try some stuff out. We're going to learn from it. We're going to, we're going to keep going. Uh, I think that's been really important just overall.
0: I think that's a really important point. Um, you know, inspiring or at least encouraging a culture a fast fail because it's not always going to be perfect the first time. And I think when you when you set up a culture that says, "Oh, if you fail, it's it's a failure," um, doesn't allow you the room to um, optimize and to change and to you know test and learn, which is something that. I think is really important.
1: We talk a lot about that at, at Salesforce. And it's not just the fast failure, it's the fast learning, right? Mm. How do you how do you learn fast? Take what you learned and bring it back into the solution. And you know, I think the way that we have at PwC have set up the solution and, and our team is we're constantly putting new features, new capabilities. Um, with releases happening you know, right now almost every two months. And that gives us the ability to learn things and get them back in there. If we did it wrong, change it. And we can change it relatively quickly because of the type of technology being, being that it's a SaaS technology. It makes it a lot simpler to do that more rapid style of uh, software as a service. Software as a service.
0: We like acronyms, but we also like to <laughs> spell it out.
2: That's great. And oh. I think, and that's where, you know, I think our, our slogan that we use all the times, it's progress, not perfection. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So,
0: Hey, you, you mentioned earlier on, I'm just curious, you said, you know, doing a transformation in this particular case, when we're talking about our own Salesforce implementation or transformation, you said, Hey, look, it's, um, it takes time. How long?
1: I know it's how long is a piece of string. What are the timelines? I think to the question specifically, Duration is directly correlated to the definition of transformation, right. How long it takes is, well, what do we view is success of tra- we've transformed ourselves. And I think for what we're trying to do in, in this particular transformation with, with PwC is, if we have changed the way that we go to market, interact with our clients and build long term successful relationships, um, let alone all the other ancillary benefits like that's success. And that doesn't take a whole lot of time, like 100 days to roll it out. Canada now has been live since the end of April, and we're already starting to see. I mean, one of the greatest testimonials that we have and that we've already made a video and shared around the globe is about the Canadian tax practice. They've already changed the way that they're working because they're you know, using this technology and thinking and working differently. So I guess, um, you know, uh, if people are
0: still listening, thank you. You're very kind. The three sort of takeaways for people are... When you're thinking about doing a transformation, you have to think differently. You need to really consider user adoption and make sure that because 80% of transformations basically die on the vine after all that work, um, because people don't use it. And so it's about human-centered and all that stuff that you talked about. And then I think the, the last kind of key theme that I heard was leadership buy-in. If the leaders aren't using it, if the top of the house, the, the presidents, the top of the organization... Um, aren't leading by example, you're, you're going to run into trouble because basically what happens is it gives people permission
1: not to use it. Right. Well, you know, the CEO's not using it. Why should I use it? Transformation is a very ambitious goal. And if you don't have that goal set by the people that are leading your organization, people are going to doubt it. And if they doubt it, then you're not going to achieve it. So I think you're, you're spot on. That's you, you have to be committed.
0: I think that is the end of our podcast. So thanks guys. Um, Thanks for taking time out of your busy day.
2: Our pleasure. Great, thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Shift. You can get more details at pwc.com/slash C A slash Shift. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, subscribe to our podcast series. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, or your preferred podcast platform. Just so you know, this podcast has been prepared by PricewaterhouseCoopers LLP, an Ontario limited liability partnership for general guidance on matters of interest only and does not constitute professional advice. Until next time.